Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg Shrizavasti with the Cinematics and Find Your Film podcast. I am offering up four digital codes of this movie called Summertime. It's directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. You may know his work. In 2018, he helmed the critically acclaimed Blind Spotting, and he most recently he helmed Raya and the Last Dragon. Love both those movies. So he's the director behind this. One of the executive producers behind Summertime is actress Kelly Marie Tran, which is awesome. Also really cool. I interview Estrada and Raul Herrera. He's one of the actors involved in Summertime. And their interview is available on my YouTube channel, my Deepest Dream YouTube channel, and also the Cinematics episode as well. So anyways, this giveaway is going to be on my Cinematics and Find Your Film podcast. Four, again, four digital copies available. It's a small window. As of this recording, it's Friday, August 27th. August, sorry. As of today, it's Friday, August 27th, 2021. The giveaway will end August 29th, 2021. Again, the, the giveaway will end Sunday, August 29th, 2021 at 5 p.m. Pacific time. All you need to do is be a subscriber to my Deepest Dream YouTube channel. And then after you do that, after you're... You subscribe, or if you're already a subscriber, just email me at editor at deepestream.com and just tell, just put in the subject heading summertime giveaway. You will be entered. And if you get a response back from me, one of four people, four people out of all the entrants will each receive a digital code. Again, by Sunday, four people will receive that code and they will have about 26 days to download that summertime code. Very, very cool film. I'm a Los Angelino since I'm since I was 10, so I'm 50 next month. So I've spent 40 years living in Los Angeles, and as far as LA set movies, this is one of my favorite LA set movies, just because of its really again interwoven narratives, very different stories of people talking about their life via their own spoken word poems and their their work. It's just a beautiful work of art, from my opinion. And ultimately, actually, Raúl Herrera he clo- he has a very cool cool piece of poetry called Clouds. That's one of the many works that I really enjoyed in summertime. And he he talks about it in the Cinematics interview as well. All right. Thanks again so much for for your support. Sorry for the long intro. Here is the whatever you're listening to, Cinematics or Find Your Film. Enjoy it. Thanks again. If you listen to both podcasts, thank you so much for supporting me, Anderson, Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, and myself, all that stuff. So really appreciate it. Again, Summertime, if you're not one of the four winners or if you don't enter, just remember, Summertime, it's currently available now in various retailers, including iTunes, Apple TV, Amazon, Voodoo, and Google Play. Check out Summertime. It's a great Musical, comedy, drama, has a lot of real emotional moments, inspiring cinematic moments as well. Also, there's a really complimentary, there's a complimentary element to Summertime, which we get into the interview, and it's about this thing called a free curriculum called Get Lit, from Get Lit, and I'll have information on the show notes as well regarding that. I know that's a lot to take. Enjoy it. Please enjoy the movie and enjoy whatever podcast you're listening to. Thanks again. Love y'all. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. We're back for another week of Find Your Film for the week covering ending Friday, August 27th, 2021. We have a bunch of movies to cover this week. It's going to be, how do you say it, Bruce Perky? A behemoth? A behemoth? How do you pronounce the word? It's going to be a behemoth of a of a show or behemoth. 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 Eric Combs, what do you think? Beth Eric? Beth, behemoth or behemoth? Behemoth, right, Eric? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a big one. 
It's it's a big one. <laughs> if you're it, look, you know what, folks? Here's here's one thing I've learned in the last week. If you're running around in a in a mountainous area and you're you're trying to keep fit and you're jogging, make sure you don't jog at night because you never know when a make a what is it a mountain goat or a goat mixed with the deer. Bruce, what is that? It might come chase you with a blood blood from the torns. Is that a behemoth or a behemoth? Or is that just a, a, deer? a ram? How about a ram? Let's call it a ram. Uh, yeah, you might. You might. Yeah, folks, if you're trying to run around your neighborhood at night, you might be actually rammed by a ram. This is one of the movies we'll, we'll, we're going to be covering this weekend. Again, the, the af- aforementioned behemoth. So we, and we also have a movie that Bruce and I saw it's called Together with James McAvoy. And I got to look her that Sharon Horvin or something like that. She's very good. I, I'm mispronouncing her name as we speak. Sharon Horgan, Sharon Horgan, she is very good. She was starring in a movie recently, and I said, wow, this actress, she's so good. She should be a lead in a movie. And lo and behold, a week and a half later, we all get screening links to Together, starring James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. Eric Holmes tried in vain to actually watch it. What happened, Eric Holmes? Uh, What uh, happened? The screener link expired. The screener Uh, link expired. And uh, and, uh, not to show my hand too much, but uh, there was a a movie I watched earlier in the week. Probably should have watched together instead. (laughs) Okay, yes. We're going to get to it together. In my opinion, that is going to be the big highlight of our show. Also, also Bruce Perky and I will, will review Mosquito State. Bruce, you saw Mosquito State almost several weeks ago. You posted a review on deepest dream so i guess it might be did you do a rewatch because you love that movie so much did you watch it 10 more times since no or no, no yeah. i did not i did not rewatch it <laughs> yeah so uh, it, was, a- it was close enough to my watch i and i had enough of the other things to watch i did not rewatch it and i was trying to get eric holmes a screener from mosquito state but i think those the publicist did not come through you never received an email link so a lot of cross channels this week with eric holmes's email bunch of it is my fault but the good news is he gets to watch a behemoth or behemoth of a film and he'll be talking about that later this week eric holmes yes, I, sir. uh some emails i did get though uh involved the uh giveaway for the lose a flower be able to remaining posters along with the uh german uh blu-ray disc okay so. i gotta i gotta actually Give me a, a random what, from what to what, like one to 30 or something? One to, 40, uh, one, one to 12, one to 15, one to listeners for, for lose the flower of evil. The, let's the do one to 16. One to 16. Okay. One to 16. I'm going to pick four numbers. This is listeners. We're doing a lot of giveaways for our find your film podcast last week. Juan Diego Escobar Alzate was on our program, the director and writer of Loose to Flower of Evil. He gave Eric Holmes a whole bunch of really cool loose merch. So Eric gave I, away I, a couple I, of DVDs and Blu-rays. Yes, Eric. It, it's, let's do the countdown. So I got the three posters. Three and posters. Then I have the uh, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Let's do uh, pick a number for a poster, pick a number for a poster, poster. And then the last one will be the one for the uh, German DVD. Okay, so I will pick first one. Let's see. That will be the first winner will be number 12. Number 12, folks. Number 12. That would be Jennifer Kindred. Jennifer Kindred. Congratulations. Yes. You won. What did you win? She Eric won, Holmes. What did she She won win? a poster. A and I actually know her. She lives here. So she lives here. Uh, I will not that, have to uh, deliver that. Uh, that I will just Bruce, give it to her. Bruce Perky, do you, do you sniff yeah. a little bit of fraudulent, fraudulent stuff yeah. here? Yeah. Oh, boy. I wonder what is... she looks like. Does she look like somebody on our screen right now? Hmm? 
A what? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag the fix is in. Okay, what's the next? What's the next? I'm going to pick the second number for the giveaway. The winner will be number 14, Eric Holmes. Oh, uh, hey, uh, he's won before. Chad Wilfong. You also get a signed poster. Chad Chad. Wilfong. Congratulations, Chad Wilfong. Chad Wilfong is a daily uh, or even a once every two days contributor to our cinematics yes. Facebook group. He does a great job. He tells our listeners what and, he's been watching on a weekly basis. Yes, Eric Holmes. And the, the cool thing about Chad Wilfong is that he's emailed before and has won before. So that 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 uh, just says, if you've emailed me once and you've won, I got you. But, uh, you know, it doesn't help to email me again. Send some dick pics. I don't mind oh, that so okay much. that's your your okay oh look at this the, <laughs> the besmirching of chad wilfong's name by the way chad wilfong was on our show we actually reviewed i believe the movie what did we review did we do the people under the stairs with chad wilfong yeah. what are, yes yep. chad wilfong great memories of the people under the stairs great selection chad wilfong great contributor to the cinemax facebook group great guy also he messaged me about several weeks ago he says the only reason i talked to you Eric and Bruce and are part of this group is because I want to have a stranglehold that winning the free stuff. It's not because I like you guys or your podcast. Chad, we don't, we don't blame you. <laughs> Along with the DPs that, that Eric Holmes is mentioning and you're slandering our podcast, we understand. And th- does that make sense, Bruce Berkey? What do you think of these comments from Chad Wolfong? They may be true or false. I might, he might sue us for libel. What do you think? I, I, you know, once you said DP, my mind was just lost. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. last. Thank you very much, Bruce Berkey. Always classing up the show. Last, last number. Okay, no, no, two more numbers, right? Uh, yeah, let, this is the last one for the poster, and then the final one will be for the, the piece de resistance. Okay, piece de resistance in two. But first, let's go with the one. The next one, I apologize. It seems like the number 15, number 15, Eric Holmes, who wins the second to last. The what is the, the second to last one? This, is that Bruce? Is that right word penultimate? Is that the right word to set use? The penultimate winner or, or the next winner? Mm-hmm. That one. Okay, number 15, Eric Holmes for Will who's be the flower of Ever? Yes. Tina Jacoby. Tina Jacoby. Tina Jacoby. Yes. Okay, I, 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 Tina Jacoby, I don't know you from the Cinematic Facebook group, but maybe, most importantly, maybe you might be a Lose a Flower of Evil fan. If not, if you're not a fan, you will be a fan after she gets what? What does she get? Show, show the screen. One, what, is, what does a penultimate winner get? Okay. A signed poster. These are, uh, the, these are not the actual sides are folded up, but. Oh, uh, they're for the signed poster. Great, great. Yep. And also the last one, the final one, the piece. And list, okay, tell our listeners, viewers, why this is the piece de resistance. Of Mr. Azate's collection. This is the uh, this is the German Blu-ray. It's a three-disc uh, limited edition, uh, number two thirteen out of three thirty-three. Unfortunately, oh, oh. not sixty-nine wait, out of three thirty-three. I can connect. No, 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 no. I got to correct this. Remember, I did a little numerology on this. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't remember that. Let's Bruce. do the numerology. <laughs> uh, two thirteen. So that's two plus one plus three, which mm-hmm. equals six. Mm-hmm. Out of 333, which is 3 plus 3 plus 3, which equals 9. That's very oh, interesting. So very this good, makes very this good. even more special. But uh, it comes with the uh, German Blu-ray. Uh, you're still going to have to watch it on, uh, unless you understand Spanish or German, you're still going to have to watch it on like Shutter or um, uh, Amazon or uh, maybe just uh, buy a DVD. But it does have the soundtrack included in this, which is awesome. and freaking fantastic. And also only 330 copies, 333 copies were made. Very limited edition. Thank yeah. you. Thanks again to Juan Diego. And 
as as Bruce mentioned, he did yes. the numerology. This is disc number 69. Dun, dun, dun. And, and also, <laughs> listeners, if you want to listen to more about Lose the Flower of Evil, again, like Eric Holmes said, streaming on Shutter, streaming on Amazon Prime, available internationally stateside on Blu-ray and DVD. Check Lose the Flower of Evil. All of us really enjoyed it. Eric loved it. Bruce appreciated it a second time around, and I really enjoyed it the first time around. Now, last winner is number eight. Number eight, Eric Holmes. That would be Alec Vasquez. Oh, Alec Vasquez. Yes, very good. Alec Vasquez. Thank you. Alec, you're a winner. Alec was so nice. I think Alec, uh, several months ago, sent sent over a gift card to people over at Cinematics just for, for all, everything we do. So thank well, you, that Alec. Was nice that. that was very, very nice of you, Alec. So I mean, he was a winner before this because his last name is Vasquez, which is a pretty yeah. badass name, especially yeah, if you dig the uh, Alien movies. But, okay. Uh... Alex won a couple of times. Alec, again, thank you so much for all your contributions to cin- our Cinematics universe and find your film. And, yes. And show, uh, show what's the final? Oh, yeah. Wait, yes. Oh, yes, and, and, and just uh, remind uh, Tracy Peters and Brad Carper when the, the when we had uh, Juan Diego on. Uh, they're the ones that won the drawing for the DVDs. Okay. And I will be sending all of that out this weekend. So okay, wow. everyone Good should job. be getting that um, however long it takes to deliver to you. I have no idea. That was credit to Eric Holmes. It's, it's coming. This, uh, this shipping is coming out of his own pocket. That's a very kind thing to do. I, I pay, I, I do Blu-ray weekly Blu-ray and DVD giveaways for the Cinematics Facebook group too. It's coming out of my pocket as well. A lot of things are coming out of our pocket. One of these days, I think we're going to merge the dark side. And we, we need to, guys, we need, Bruce, we need to get into some kind of payola scheme where we just get the money. We take, take, take. What do you think of that? Instead of give, give, give. Are, are you tired of ta- giving, giving, giving? wonderful. I, I'll, be, I'll be right here to catch. I'm a catcher. Wait, am I a catcher? No, I don't know. You know, you, you, you just make up the abbreviations, you elongate words that, that start with uh, and end with DP. So I don't know what, what, what that's about. I, I'm sick into my stomach just thinking about that. Now, let us, you know what? Why don't we just start off right now with together, okay? Eric Holmes, I'm going to tell you something. I, I hate to say it, Eric. You missed out, in, in my opinion, and maybe Bruce might, might give you, uh, might, might be in, in, you know, he might say something differently. I think you missed out on this one. Unfortunately, you did because... I think this is a really special movie. It's set during almost a year uh, during the COVID lockdown, set in London, and it centers on James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan, and they are a married couple. They can't stand each other. They, in fact, hate each other to to the nth degree, and they actually speak to the camera Ferris Bueller style for pretty much all of the movie. So now, does that sound extremely annoying to you when people are just talking to at the at the camera for about 90 plus minutes? Do you think is that something that you might like or you might just absolutely hate Eric Copes? What do you think? It, it sounds like uh, watching our podcast on YouTube, the video version. <laughs> okay. oh, very good. Very, it's very about stupid. an hour and a half with three people just staring at you talking at the camera. <laughs> yes, and it's direct. The movie is directed by Academy Award nominee Stephen Daldry. I believe Daldry, and I'm just not even looking at IMDb. I'm guessing right now he directed the movie Billy Elliot some years ago. And again, the lead actors are James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. And it's basically a story about family. They also have a, I think, around a nine to ten year old son who is a little bit of an outcast in his local school. It is ultimately a three hander, mainly a two hander because of. James and Sharon are the ones who are basically speaking to the camera. I thought this had a chance at being almost insufferable because of 
that construct, Eric and, and Bruce, I ended up really, really loving this movie. At the end of the movie, Bruce, I was wondering, hmm, I wonder what Eric and Bruce are going to think. And Bruce, I was wondering, <laughs> maybe you found this insufferable as well, or maybe you found it as really interesting as I did too. Uh, um, well, I'll tell you the notes I wrote when I started watching this. The first word I wrote was insufferable. <laughs> the second note I, the second note I wrote was entitled lockdown angst. Um, the third note I wrote was like being cornered at a party by a bickering couple. Mm. But then about 30 minutes in it, it started to grow on me. So I, I would say this is, remember how I kind of reacted to um, Annette. I don't think it's, goes to the heights of a net by any means, but I'd had to, I had to get into the groove of it. And I think some people will never get in the groove of this movie. Probably. I mean, they just won't get past that kind of that artifice, which is basically two people kind of breaking the fourth wall a lot. But I feel like um, there's a point in this movie where it stops being um, so much bickering and so much kind of just playing with these kind of unlikable characters. And it lets you start to see more and more kind of, um, of their actual characters. And I think that's where it grows on you, especially around 30 minutes or 40 minutes. There's a, there's a couple sh- scenes where they, they talk um, on almost monologue straight at us and the other person isn't there or the other person's not involved and it gets really emotional and it gets really, um, it felt like more like real life story was being told to me. Like maybe this is actually accessing some experience somebody had during the pandemic. And I think that that's when I kind of got on board and I started to see these characters other than kind of caricatures, which is more how they started. I wouldn't say it fully redeems itself all the way through. I think there's still moments later on that are kind of like that, but I would say the second two thirds of this movie are pretty darn good. And the performances of James McAvoy and especially Sharon Horgan, yes. uh, the performances are are undeniably great. So, if you alone, if you love great acting, I mean, this has value added. But I think it has more going for it than that. And I think that depending on your experience with the pandemic and kind of what your experience being in lockdown was, this may hit people, some people, really hard. But I think a lot of people will find a lot to like here. Also, this movie is not as hard to watch as one would think. And I'll tell you why, because it's set in different chapters, different periods within this pandemic year. So you can actually drop in on them whenever you want. You can watch 15 minutes of together, come back, do the dishes, come back. You can't do it now because it actually opens in theaters August 27th. But eventually when it hits streaming or Blu-ray or however you're going to get it, this is not one you have to watch throughout the entire Unless you bring the dishes to the theater with you. Unless you bring, exactly, exactly, Eric. Unless you bring the, yes, yes. You know, I, I was so so surprised at how really I absolutely enjoyed this movie. It is a, an acquired taste because this is one of these movie, movies, we're going to talk about another movie coming up very, very soon, where all sometimes all you need is some really great, exceptional actors to almost read. A, I'm not saying, when I say phone book, This is a well-written phone book, but all you need is some really good writing and actors and really you don't need maybe a backdrop and it can still work as a movie. I mean, together proves that because they're so charismatic and they're so talented. I strong recommend that recommendation for me. Bruce, do you recommend this movie? 
I do recommend it. I mean, this is one of those that it's, it's kind of a reserved recommendation. I think if, if that format, I, I would say if you're kind of annoyed by it at the beginning, kind of like I was, give it about 30 minutes just to see if you can kind of get into the groove of it. And if you haven't after about 30 minutes, it may not be for you, but I think it gets deeper as it goes, which is, is to its benefit, you know? And to what your point it's saying together is a comedy. It is also bittersweet. It's biting. And ultimately it's depending where you are regarding COVID the pandemic, it can be very triggering. So there are moments in together where they're speaking about mortality loss and right to the camera and it's raw especially if you have a first-hand experience with with this with covid okay so that's i guess a little bit of a warning bruce with that would you yeah a little bit of a warning i mean yeah like what like i said before depending on your experience it may be more impactful for the good or bad also i want to mention of the humor part of it would you agree that um, some of the ongoing stuff with their kid is some of the most humorous in the whole movie? <laughs> I think it's humorous. I think it's also very understated compared to yeah. everything else because that that's a nice respite from all of that word salad that's being thrown at us, right? So Yeah, but the, how they're like relating to us. But there's, there's this whole thing of this fourth wall thing is kind of this artifice, but there's this kid in the background the whole time. So every so often they'll be like, they'll, they'll kind of like come in to us like, hey, you know, you don't want him to hear this, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. So again, that is Together comes out August 27th in theaters starring Sharon Horgan and James, James McAvoy. Like Bruce said, really exceptional performances by those two. Next up is a movie that, look, I, I said earlier in the week about Cinematics face on, on our Cinematics Facebook group that I rarely, if ever, quit on a movie i look i'm not saying i quit on behemoth or behemoth behemoth i didn't i'm not gonna say i quit on it i'm just i'm gonna likely say i didn't have enough time to actually watch the movie but i got through i would say maybe about 70 percent of the movie so per i remember per eric's rules i mean you have to really watch the entire movie to give a full review of it eric Holmes, let's start i mean this movie i don't know what is it about it's about like it says okay it's a it's a vfx heavy directing debut of digital artist Peter Sefcik. And over the years, he's worked on such films as Avatar, Harry Potter, Shrek, Star Wars franchises, all that stuff. He's very, he's very, he's an expert in his field. Okay. Now here's the thing. The movie, it it's weird because it centers on this guy named Joshua Riverton. He's been working for this global chemical company. He believes that whatever they're doing has been harmful to the environment, so harmful that they're, I guess their what 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 is it their their imprint their imprint on humanity has actually affected his own daughter. His own daughter is terminally ill in the hospital, and Joshua, instead of just spending time with his wife and his daughter and hope and, and supporting her in the hospital, he is out. He is out trying to protest protest the the leader of this global chemical company and and uh, Doctor Woland. Woland is his old boss, and it's basically yeah that that is the story behind Behemoth Behemoth. And that's the thing. There's there's some creatures in this. There are, there are some demons. There's some weird VFX. A lot of special effects here. So that's fun to watch. But I'm not going to really give my full review of it. It's it was for me tough to take. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this straight up because of the dialogue, which the the screen the screenplay to me was extremely secondary, and I, I'm gonna say it to the board, to the point of being infantile. I could not get through some of the dialogue in this movie, some of the acting, some of the plotting, some of the pacing. I was just looking for it 
I'm a De Palma fan, so I like visual stuff. I was just really, I was fine with the special effects. So if you want to see, for me, I'm not reviewing it. I'm just saying this movie might be value added if you want to see some special effects. Other than that, a lot of the elements, the mise-en-scene of, the, of this, to me, does not make even a, uh, a, a nice hors d'oeuvre. Eric Holmes, your thoughts on Behemoth? Well, you uh, you just uh, read off the uh, the plot, and I'm just going to go ahead and take your word for it because I was so checked out on this movie. Yeah. Uh, the the opening scene was pretty cool. Like the 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 computer effects, you know, were a little bit off, but you know, for a movie like this, I thought they were more or less pretty decent. Um, but yeah, dude, that <laughs> that dialogue is. Uh, it takes a special talent, I guess, to write it like that. I, I, this felt like a Sharknado movie to me, and uh, I, this and I'm not a fan of the Sharknado movies. The so bad they're good, like that. That kind of stuff doesn't really. Um, I, but then I think the Sharknado movies—they're trying to make bad movies, right? This doesn't feel like that. This feels like they they try to make a good movie, and it's just uh, like again, it it looks it looks fine. And the the effects, you know, for you know, for probably what they had to deal with was uh, pretty good. And the fact that the guy, the director's uh, effects guy, um, you know, uh, that makes sense. But oh man, <laughs> that you need to you need to have someone to read your script before you start shooting it. <laughs> I will say start, this. You need I will to start say this. Getting notes. You, um, you made a good point. You made a good point. The movie looks fine. And we have to give some bonus points that the yeah. movie only costs sixty five thousand dollars to make. That, for see, six, that, yeah. that that's pretty impressive. Um, but they should have uh, spent seventy thousand and used five thousand of that to have someone else maybe uh, take a pass on the script. Because I think I think that just that alone hobbles this movie. But on the same token, even though I don't like Sharknado type movies, I know there are a lot of people that do. And this is probably going to be one of those type of movies, probably not on the level of the room, but this is going to be one of those movies. And even people listening to this, that I think you're going to watch behemoth and you're going to get a lot of joy out of this. Um, It's not definitely not, uh, you know, my cup of tea. And I I don't like movies like that, but if you're the type of person that likes watching a movie and laughing at it, uh, get some friends, get some beers, and have fun because th- this is kind of that movie. Unfortunately, I think I think the uh, I think the uh, uh, you know the filmmakers have talent for sure for uh, especially for effects. I just don't know that it's in there for uh, definitely not there for writing. Um, and I don't know. Good good luck to them, but th- this was not for me at all. Bruce, there's a, sec- a section in the movie where someone gets run over by a car. And I thought that was really, really funny. And I wish there were more moments when it was so tongue in cheek. And when you know that you have a threadbare story, just go for it. Just make it silly and ridiculous because that was an intentionally ridiculous scene. And I feel that they tried to get there at certain points, but they didn't go full bore on it. That's what I felt was lacking. What what did you feel about this movie? Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I agree that that scene was quite funny. I'm not fully sure it was supposed to be either. I, I didn't, I, I kind of got the impression, sort of what Eric is saying, that it wasn't, unlike Sharknados, which are intentionally over the top cheese, I think that a lot of this wasn't necessarily the case. I, this feels to me 
we talk about the effects. This feels me, to me like a movie that was made backwards. You know, like usually when you make a movie, you say, I have a story, I have an idea, and then I'm going to see if I have enough resources to make that idea come true. This seems like a movie that started out with, I can make all these cool effects and I've got all these cool effects ideas and I'm going to try to make a story that includes all of those, you know, because it's almost like a special effects reel. Uh, and that is kind of what we're all talking about is the story itself and the acting too. Like, like, Hey, I'm gonna get my friends together and we're just going to make this because I mean, once again, we don't like to bash on, on small, you know, indie movies and stuff, but the acting definitely, I mean, there's some moments where they're supposed to be acting like scared, like they're running away from a creature. And it's just like, <laughs> you get that feeling of with CGI, you don't want to have this, this strong feeling like this person knows there's nothing there, you know, and you kind of get that feeling like they're running away and it's like, they're looking over their shoulder. They're not as scared as they should be by what they're being chased by. This is some giant demon spider. It's like, I think I'd be a little scared of that if that were happening. <laughs> Um, now, and uh, go ahead. I, 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 I want to go back to that that giant demon spider. That thing did look pretty fucking cool. It did. No, yeah. it did. Uh, and once again, like we all have agreed, there's some pretty cool looking stuff. There's a, a thing with a, a ram, um, a mounted ram on a wall, and there's kind of a, a final reveal we get about that. And and even though it was kind of goofy, it was also kind of cool. And I kind of loved liked what they did with that. But the story, and and this is my biggest problem too. Kind of getting to what um, Greg is talking about. The first third of the movie is kind of becomes this rollicking, crazy, awkward road movie, kidnapping road movie, crime thing, right? And it's it's not great, but it's kind of entertaining and it moves. But the minute they get to this hotel, it just it just shuts down and it becomes immobile. And I understand you've got issues with probably financing you know you can't get a ton of locations and all this stuff but the minute it just it just sits into that that hotel room i mean it 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 becomes deadly to me i I just the fun kind of got sucked out of it at that point the wrap-up is all over the place i don't don't want to give up too much away but obviously in the ending you want you want some kind of money shot the money shot is there but the way the money shot is framed within the whole entire fabric of the narrative it's just so convoluted it's just my goodness. Like, whoa, cool shot. This was awesome. How do you how are you fitting this in? Oh, you, you did it this way on what? So a lot of nonsensical stuff at the ending, which I just it's like putting a really cool shot or cool moment and just throwing it in a in a very arbitrary fashion. And I think Eric, I, I think with, with what they did with uh and again, I didn't know the budget, but after hearing it and thinking about it, if they get a script that that isn't as bad as this one clearly was. I mean, I haven't read the script, but just based on the dialogue they've been saying, that's the biggest thing about this. Like the, um, but these people, uh, these filmmakers get a script that's like really tight, you know, really polished. Um, you know, uh, had some some people read it read read it out loud a couple times before they started shooting it. Um, oh, that sounds a little weird. Yeah, let's go ahead and change that line. So and so do a couple of rewrites. You know, I I think they could make something really cool because where they have a leg up is is the effects and the effects for what what especially for what the budget was. The effects are pretty fantastic. Now now they know what the budget was. Um, and there's there's some cool stuff in there, but I mean, what was that? Would someone say that? Uh, uh, 
you can make a bad movie from a good script, but you can't make a good movie from a bad script. And I think that might've been the, the, uh, you know, that's pretty much what ruined this movie from this, you know, it, it, it was, it was doomed before it began, but maybe not because if this turns out to be a room thing, then, you know, the movie's going to be a hit and Hey, good on you for that. But I, I, I would like to see these, uh, I would like to see these filmmakers do something with uh, a more solid script because I think they have a good movie in them. I mean, there's definitely talent there, but I mean, this wasn't it, obviously. Well, again, this movie was self-financed. Give give props to Peter Sefcik for that. We just all did not like, unfortunately, Behemoth. And hopefully, like as in Eric was saying, that hopefully it will be, you know, Peter will make some some warm films and hopefully we'll like them. Yeah. This one we did not like. We love we love the passion and the hard work that he put into it. It just did not click with any of us. There are some moments, like Bruce was saying, that I did laugh at, and I just wish Peter just went all the way for it. Just bang your head against the wall and just say, "Hey, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to make this completely a crazy ass movie." And that's where they should have gone. Should have done a little bit more world building behind some of yeah. the demons and creatures in the movie. A little bit of that, even if you don't have the money, just well, punch up. It- punch- and again, th- this movie—I I think if this movie gets any success, it's going to be like a cult sort of thing, like mm-hmm. a, a midnight movie. Like, uh, get some friends and laugh at it. Not probably not what they were going for, but I, I think if this movie gets any success, it's going to be—it's going to be in that kind of area. Okay, so Behemoth comes out in on August twenty seventh. It'll be released nationwide. I'm assuming a digital release as well. For this, it's going to be available in select theaters and digital platforms August 27th. You know, looking, you know, obviously with this with this show, we don't want to beat up on indies. And we're wishing, like Eric was saying, we were wishing the best for this movie. Speaking of movies, there are some movies that actually really uh, end up really actually annoying the living crap out of me. And I'm just going to have to say it when they do, because I just can't. Like, for example... Several weeks ago, we did this movie called John and the Hole, which Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky did not like one bit. And I was so mad at this movie, John and the Hole, for about almost all of the movie. And then suddenly, it flipped the, I flipped the script. I ended up kind of liking John and the Hole. Mosquito State, Bruce Perky wrote a review. And I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. Bruce is going to give his own review here on the podcast. He, he, I wrote a review on Deepest Dream, and I was really excited about this movie in a sense, because it's it's really cerebral, but this movie really, Mosquito State, by the way, comes out on Shudder on August 26th, okay? Again, apologies to Eric Holmes. You were not able to see this movie. This is something that would have been interesting for you to watch. It's set in August 2007, centers in Central Park. Wall Street data analyst Richard Boca, played by Bo Knapp. By the way, Bo Knapp is a very interesting character actor. Sometimes he's a lead actor. Here he plays, he does his, He's a very interesting guy. He was a bad guy in Death Wish. He started The Signal. I'm sure you've seen him, Bruce, in a couple of times, Bon Appen, a bunch of stuff. You've seen him. Oh, yeah. Here he, he, here he does his Christian Bale, almost the Christian Bale, the machinist look, because usually Bon App sometimes gets really hulked up, bulked up. This one, he's very slim, slender, almost emaciated. He plays Richard Boca, he, data analyst. He's an antisocial guy. He is, you know, even though he's not good with people, he's good with creating algorithms, which actually helps I guess whatever company that he's working with, this Wall Street company he's working with, he helps the people make money. He's basically the golden goose of the company. The problem is it's August 2007. 
I sort of right before the big subprime mortgage crisis of 2008, before all this financial this financial world will will come t- tumbling down on everyone, especially the, con- the consumer. And Richard Boga has no idea why the graph of his algorithms is not working to his specifications. Couple that with a mosquito, one mosquito that actually enters his beautiful penthouse apartment. By the way, he doesn't just own the penthouse apartment. He owns the entire floor of that building. So his, he has a, a very intricate relationship with the mosquito. And then he has a, he strikes up a friendship with this wine bar waitress or hostess named Lena played by Charlotte Vega. Charlotte Vega, if no one knows, she started this movie several years ago that I love called The Lodgers, which I believe Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky have yet to see. Very, very good movie. Charlotte Vega is solid in this movie wish she had more to do so that's basically the story of mosquito state ultimately it's a kafka cronenberg-esque type of movie when you think mosquito some you know with kafka just replace cockroach with mosquito richard boca eventually he actually submerges himself within the world of mosquitoes and you slowly see him gradually either deteriorate or maybe mature into a, a butterfly. You don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. Also, without giving too much away, send, uh, there's a reason why I say, I say Central Park setting. I, instead of saying New York, Central Park plays a hand as well in the narrative of this movie. This movie is what we like to call a slow burn. When I mean slow burn, it's 100 minutes. And for <laughs> most of the movie, you are, I was so, I was d- darn frustrated. but. I, again, I fl- it flipped the script because then I started thinking about the th- thematic, the plot line behind the movie. The, I was thinking about the n- analysis, what the movie was entirely about. And then I came to a con- con- like my own interpretation of what the movie was about. And I actually give this movie credit for making me think. But again, it is, it's a slow burn of a movie. I actually recommend Mosquito State. Good, really good performances from Bo Knapp. I really love seeing Charlotte Vega. And yeah, so I enjoy this movie, but... My caveat is it takes forever. Olivier, Olivier Martinez also stars there. He's the boss. It takes a while to get there. Bruce, your review of Mosquito State. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you. Um, I, I like the, the mood it gets into, but it's slow. Um, I don't think it, it doesn't quite pay off for me fully. I think that I wanted, I was expecting a little more to happen. I was expecting a little more body horror to happen because it kind of sets it up like that might be the case. And I don't think that the actual ending kind of finale quite is quite spelled out enough for me, or maybe I'm just too stupid to quite get it all. I think I kind of get it, but I don't, because there's like a lot of metaphor going on here. Right. But what I would say is to me, it's, it's stylish enough. And and we didn't talk about the cinematography at all and kind of the, the design of this movie, but it's pretty striking for what can't be a huge budget on this movie. And it looks pretty damn good. I, I don't know if you agree with that. But. Well, look, I'll tell you, whenever, whenever a movie starts with, you know, you're, you're actually introduced to a movie, not by Bonaps, you, you actually follow the life of a mosquito for about four to five minutes at the beginning of the movie before we are actually introduced to the main character. That's gutsy. So I think ultimately this is a, this is a pretty gutsy film for where it, wanted to, where it wanted to go. It could have been a lot more body horror. The ending could have been a lot more spelled out. That's a creative choice that I think is a huge gamble. It's either going to work for you or like you were saying, it's, it's not going to pay off for a lot of people. Yeah. I think this is one of those movies where it's like, it's the, uh, if you like those movies where someone is kind of having this isolated deterioration 
and it's done in a really stylish and interesting way. Some people will love this movie. I think I, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. And I think some people are going to wholeheartedly love this movie. And I think what I said in my written review was I could see this director with a little more budget and a little more of a well-rounded script, making something very, very striking in the future. I could see a lot some good stuff coming out of it. And last thing I wanted to say was, I also want to say uh, Richard Boca's performance is really, it's really interesting. Oh, Bonab, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, Bonab. Yeah. I yeah. call him by his character name. Yeah. Bonap's um, performance uh, is really interesting because he is like so awkward, you know, and, yeah, <laughs> and he's at this, he's kind of like this, instead of being all the really smarmy and smug characters of uh, American psycho take that exact same setting pretty much and throw this super awkward character, but the one that they have to have there because he's really, like you said, he's their moneymaker and it, it does create an interesting dynamic. I, I almost wish, I wish there would have been a little less of his isolation and a little more of his um, work interaction, kind of seeing those two parallel lines a little more evenly split. I think that could have been a lot of fun, but I think it's, 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 it's decent. I think I'm also going to give credit because the Richard Boca's character and the Lena character played by Charlotte Vega, beautiful young woman. She is interested in his world. We all know where that's going. We all know where that's going. They could have, the director and co-writer Flip Jan Rimza could have actually led us there. But without giving too much away, I really enjoyed where their relationship goes. And I thought, huge. And, And like you were saying, there is metaphor. This movie... I think it's a lot more value added for people for people who want to unpack certain things and can can steady themselves during the slow burn ride. I think Mosquito State has a lot to offer, but my warning is there there may be moments that will frustrate you along the way. And yeah, I, I definitely took a look at my face and all the bumps around my my face after watching Mosquito State, and I made sure to kill a lot of gnats whenever I see them. Some of it's a little bit disgusting. Yes, it, yes. Oh, last thing I'd like to say as I would, I don't know if you agree with this too, but um, I also always want to give credit to a little, um, a movie like this, that's, you know, not huge. That's really unique. Like, I don't, I can't think of movies that are, this doesn't really quite fit into any kind of category or genre. I can quite, I mean, you could say horror or whatever. This doesn't, I don't, I can't think of any movie that's quite like this. And it doesn't ape, you know, and it does not ape David Cronenberg. It is not an ape. Yeah. Thank you. It could have easily done that and actually gotten a lot more gold coins in the process, but they decided not to do it. And yeah, credit, that's very good. So solid recommend for me and slight recommend for you, Bruce, for this. For I, I'd say I'd say it's a pretty it's a medium recommend for me. Um, I, I wanted a little more from it, but I think it's going to get some real fans. I have a feeling. OK, so we'd love to hear what Eric Holmes have to, has to say about Mosquito State coming out August 26th maybe i might do a i might re-request it for you and see what you think of this next week well is that isn't that coming out on uh shutter 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 mm-hmm. yeah you got you I, still got I, you. I, I'll, I'll just watch it when it comes on Shutter. okay yeah it comes out on shutter again on thursday so august yeah. 26th for mosquito state again bon listeners Apple's. be like me watch mosquito coast on shutter on thursday yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, again, I have not watched Mosquito Coast. That's a movie directed by Peter Weir starring Harrison Ford <laughs> that I have yet to see. But I'm sure you've seen that, Eric Holmes. I and Bruce Berkey, I definitely have to see Mosquito Mosquito Coast. Mosquito State, though, see it on Thursday or Friday, Eric, and get, give us that rewind. Speaking and of re- 
And there's another movie called Together with Kevin Farley that uh, premiered on MTV back in the day. Um, go check right. that out because that movie spelled two, the number two, Gather. Oh, very pretty good. Pretty freaking okay. sweet. <laughs> suddenly, Eric Holmes is not following the Find Your Film world. He's suddenly turned into Bizarro. He's going to go in a Bizarro universe <laughs> where he's just going to watch alternate titles from here on forth. You know, in fact, what do you guys think? Well, just when we review movies that have the same name, maybe Bruce, you and I will review the movie that's running and Eric will just do the undercut and do the two trains running at a different, you know, you'll, you'll can, you know. No. can I give a quick review of Eric's like <laughs> suggestion? Yeah. I would say his suggestion is too legit, too <laughs> legit to quit. Oh, too legit to quit. Very good. Very oh, good. <laughs> I didn't see My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. I saw the other My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. By the way, Eric, before we go to your rewind, can, can you just say My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, which I recently received several weeks ago on Blu-ray. Is it still one of your favorite films of this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And should, it, 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 it just kind of hit all the hit all the right notes for me. And people should see that movie if they want to uh, be blank. depressed and uh, get like on the edge of their seat and kind of hate their life a little bit. <laughs> that is a ringing endorsement from Eric Holmes. That and considering being depressed and rethinking your life, and that's still one of his favorite movies. Wait to hear what what are some of his worst movies and how that'll make you feel. That is interesting. But you know what? A movie that he might like is a movie that he rewound. It's I'm just gonna call it BRS. Take it away, Eric Holmes. What what is your movie rewind this week? Yes, uh, Bruce, among other people, has told me to watch Blood Red Sky, and it finally did. And that movie was pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> it's a uh, <clears throat> that I what I liked about it was you know. Um, did did you mention you mentioned what it like is it known what that movie turns into i, I think i you just mentioned, mentioned the most the most basic thing that people mostly know about it is there's a certain kind of creature in it and that okay. is on the poster and everything but i mentioned it very vaguely right. and then i didn't get well, into much detail after that th- this movie does uh uh a great thing it 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 knows when to be fun but then it has moments of uh like real heart um you know with the or like a real dramatic scenes and i i love when a movie can do both you, you know you, you you know you're the silly you know action movie um on one hand and then it's like you know what Let, let's pump the brakes a bit let's take a moment here to you know stick stick with these characters now the movie doesn't make sense that plane that they're on is freaking enormous <laughs> i uh I, like even looking at it from the outside i'm like I don't know. It didn't look like a 16 story like building crawling they, underneath it. There's like multiple floors. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, you could pick this movie apart as far as like, uh, not, not so much plot holes, but just like, uh, uh, weird geography or just like stuff that didn't quite make sense. But I, I think this is a case where the movie itself is so good that you kind of over it kind of, kind of like the, a quiet place movies. Although A Quiet Place is much more egregious and it still manages to be good. This one, not quite as egregious as A Quiet Place, but yeah, it's, it, it's fun. And then it's got its moments. And I love, uh, what, what's the name of the main character? Um, Nadja. 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 Nadja, played by Perry Baumeister. Is that she her? She is fantastic in this. Okay. Um, okay. And... Uh, yeah, I, I like the 
that I'll just say she's fantastic in this. <laughs> she okay. has kind of dual roles and uh she she kind of slips into she slips back and forth into them almost like without thinking about it. It, it it's it's like she's not even acting. She's just kind of that that's who she is. Okay, Eric, and, I have a question for you for Blood Red Sky, okay? Tomato meter, maybe you can chime in through Bruce. Tomato meter 80% and everyone's a lot of people are recommending. So re- critics 80%. Yeah. Audience score over 500 ratings, it has a not a really good score of 57%. So my question to you is, do you have an do any of you guys have an idea why the score uh, would be so low whereas the critics are really high on it? Is there some kind of divergence there? Are, like this movie might not appeal to people who blank. That's what uh, I mean. My guess is that they didn't like some of the violence in it. That that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like the the eighty percent sounds about right. I would go a little higher on it uh, personally, but eighty sounds about right. Um, I could see who, like, I could see people getting into it thinking this is going to be a, a exciting hijacking movie. And when it makes its turn, they might be like, what? That's not what I wanted. And they're just yeah. not into that kind of thing. So that could be a thing, too. Like the, the double genre thing might throw people off as opposed to us, which obviously we both like it. Yeah. Um, that would be my guess. It's like, I thought it was going to be this. Was thing. And how and, was the and, villain? And, Good and, villain, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely like way, way over the top. I I, I just kind of want to do a spoiler on this because I, I don't... I. And and the thing I'm the thing I'm holding back on is probably you can figure it out just by by the time you click on it because it's, play, it's playing on Netflix. So when you click on it, you're gonna know what the thing is. Oh yeah, sure. But I I don't want to be the guy. You wanna, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, so, uh, they've, they've already mentioned in the plot summaries, but I think let's just let's just assume a person who's listening has not clicked onto the plot line or trailer blood red sky there is a little bit of a surprise but eric you really liked the pacing it was tense two hours and one minute didn't drag for you oh <laughs> I, I thought it was like an hour and a half <laughs> that, this movie just flew by um okay. yeah yeah it was it, again the action was great it was fun when it was supposed to be fun um and it was uh it was sad when it was supposed to be sad and it, it you know just kind of it did a little bit of everything and it did a little bit of everything well so okay so that yeah. is blo- this would be a strong recommend unless you're in that 40% that hate it. Then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I thought it was Yeah, that's good. weird. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. And again, that is Blood Red Sky. Bruce, any final thoughts on Blood Red Sky? You just pretty much co-sign on what Eric says. Uh, I co-sign on it. And for me, a perfect example of how it's way better than it should be. I usually would hate this, but it had it. The, almost the whole movie is a flashback. And then within that, there's a flashback. And I would usually be like, oh, hell no. But I was perfectly on board with that flashback. And actually, that flashback was amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I like this movie quite a bit. It's, it's a ton of fun. Okay, so that is two recommendations on, on Eric Holmes's movie rewind this week of Blood Red Sky. And, of course, Bruce Perky probably, as he always does, every single week he saw this a million years before Eric or I did. So bloody, he, he liked that as well. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, Bruce, while we're recording, if you're actually subtly watching on an iPad next week's movies to get such a big leg up on me and Eric to make us worried. Are you watching a movie I'm right almost, now? I'm almost done with Dune. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> very awesome. You got you got, That's a joke of the week for you. So that was very, very good. We're done with our features. We're almost done with our rewind. Bruce, I'm going to get to you in a second, okay? Because we're going to get to this really Apple TV Plus thing. I just want to quickly mention there's a movie 
Speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, there's a movie called Sweet Girl. It's on Netflix. And I'm going to I'm going to put a disclaimer here. Netflix is very kind to the folks at Find Your Film Podcast. And they give us screeners whenever I actually do my freaking job. And I realize what, what's coming out on Netflix the following week. Next week, I don't know, Eric and, and Bruce, you don't know this. If you check on your, I guess, on your email or on your iPad or whatever, or your, your uh, Netflix accounts, you will have preview content of the new Michael Keaton movie, Worth, oh. which comes out next week. So we actually have, so basically Netflix is part of the Familia. We love them. They give us, they give us links, but that said, we have to give honest reviews. Okay. Sweet girl currently on Rotten Tomatoes. They gave me an early link last week on Wednesday. I, I did not want you guys to, to watch sweet girl last minute. Like, Hey, Hey Bruce, Eric, it's Wednesday morning. We tape Wednesday afternoon. I just got a screening of sweet girl. You guys want to actually forego work or actually just watch sweet girl while you guys are working hard at your respective I mean, jobs. I, I, I overslept the alarm today, so I probably could have done. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, I, your point is well taken. <laughs> I just watched Sweet Girl. I'm done. I got it. <laughs> okay. Very funny. Sweet, okay. Sweet Girl came out last Friday. And here's the ratings right now as of this recording on, on a Wednesday, okay? On a Wednesday, August 25th. Tomato meter, 18%. Okay. Audience score, 46%. Okay. Now, the actors involved is Jason Momoa and Isabel Merced. I'm sure you guys might know. You guys don't know who Jason Momoa is. Isabel Merced, you might not know who she is. I bet you guys actually, once you mentioned, she's the young girl from Sicario. Sicario I think it's called Sicario uh-huh. 2, Day of the Soldado. She plays the young girl there. She was also Dora the Explorer. And the movie centers on Momoa's character. He's a family man. His wife is dying of cancer. The problem is she's promised by a doctor a treatment, a, a pill that will help either slow down her cancer or really dramatically help her chances of survival. This is not a spoiler. This happens within minutes. She doesn't get it. And, and because of big pharma has some con- conspiracy, maybe with the government, Momoa's character, the family man, he goes on a revenge filled rampage to figure out, to actually get the people involved with not give, with not letting people like his wife, get the, get the drugs. Okay. Get the pill. So that's the, that, and sweet girl is Isabel Merced. She plays Rachel, the daughter of the family man. The family man is Cooper. Does this movie deserve its clocks in at an hour and 50 minutes? Momoa produced this movie and Brian Andrew Mendoza is a director. I believe he did a previous movie with Momoa called, I think it was called Braven or something like that. I don't know. Probably Eric, you might've seen it. I'm thinking it might be right up your alley. No, but it sounds like you're describing John Q. That's very cool. I actually did a press junket for John Q. Um, Yeah. I was going to, I was going to, Yeah. You know, you know what? Very. I'm sorry. This is a, a little left turn. John Q at the press junket. Anne Hage. Anne Hage. There was this girl I, I was kind of crushing on, and I used to do my little, um, you know, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd moonlighting thing with her, except that she wasn't too receptive. You know, this is not harassment. This was just like we used to have playful banter, and then we had playful banter during the interviews for John Q with Anne Hage. And Anne Hage said, "What are you guys doing?" And I made a crack about how we're eventually going to get married one day, and she just gave. Me, me, and then Anne Heche discussed a look. And Anne Heche at the John Q junket said, "Hey, what, what, what's your problem? He, he's pretty cute." Anne Heche, love her forever for John Q. That is my Anne, sideways. Anne Heche thinks Greg Sirzavasi is pretty cute, and she's not wrong. Oh, thank you, sir, very much. No, so that's my little side sidewind rewind movie rewind. Let's get back to Sweet Girl. 
all of these things, these ratings, does it deserve it? My answer is absolutely not. And it has nothing to do with Netflix pretty much helping us with screener links. I ended up really liking this movie. My mom saw 15 minutes of this movie. She quit. She said, I can't take this movie anymore. Forget it. And I go, what's going on? I watched the entire movie. And there, I'm, all I'm going to say is if you want action, you're going to get it. There is something about this movie that I cannot say that you're either going to really love, which I did, or you're absolutely going to say, Greg, you are the biggest idiot among the Find Your Film crew, and I will never listen to you again. But I will say this right now. Listeners, viewers, give Sweet Girl a shot. There is something that happens, which I really liked. I know Bruce, if Bruce sees it, he's going to say, Greg, you moron. Eric, I think, will actually say, hey, you know what? Not so bad. I kind of, I don't know. I would, I'm not telling you guys to see this, but I recommend Sweet Girl, again, tomato meter, 18%. Those are just critics. And then, look, here's the thing, Eric Holmes, 46% of the audience score. I am among the 46%. Now, I wonder if you guys are going to be the 54 or the 46, if you ever get around to watching Sweet Girl, which is now playing I mean, on you're, Netflix. You're selling it pretty hard, so I'm, I, I'm definitely going to watch it one way or another. All I'm going to say is I love Jason Momoa. I, I'm sure you guys, you know, you guys know how I feel about Zack Snyder. I, okay. I think this is, in my opinion, Isabella Merced. Isabella Merced, my fault. My fault. Isabella Merced is very, very good in this movie as well. Excellent, excellent uh, performance by her. She's a child Terminator, I guess. She's a child Terminator. (laughs) That's what she is. Okay, Bruce, you just spoiled it again. Yet again, Bruce spoils the the big twist in Sweet Girl. Okay, now. Yes, sir. So the the movie you're describing, Sweet Girl, sounds like John Q, starring Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington and Jason Momoa, what's both their catchphrases? My man. (laughs) <laughs> right very good coincidence very good. i think yes. not and you know and you know it's another coincidence all throughout the movie in in uh sweet girl jason momoa always says it's it's the little things so we'll, we'll you know there's a lot of lot of a lot of coincidence oh you don't like the the little things you don't like the little thing you don't like the movie don't like the bush song <laughs> <laughs> okay final rewind and i'm so glad that bruce picked this bruce tell our listeners viewers what you got for your rewind uh apple tv plus the movie is coda which is chill child of deaf adults or children of deaf adults i believe yeah. mm-hmm. um directed by is it sian or sean how do you say I think that sian i think it's sian I, we're sian hater. so um and, and you already kind of talked about it i thought i'd go check it out uh the story is of ruby and she is the only hearing member of a family they uh work as a a small fishing boat in a new england town i think it's not too far from boston i think i think it's gloucester i think specifically. oh yeah you're right you're right yeah. it's gloucester yes yeah you're right uh and they uh you know she helps them with the boat but then in her in her off time she secretly loves singing and loves music uh and she's finally takes the step to go into choir and that's kind of the beginning of the of her you know of the the, the plot of the movie is her kind of exploring that and seeing where it will go. As you said, uh, Amelia Jones, who plays Ruby, is is amazing. She's really good, really, really bright. I, she's a kind of, she has that kind of um, energy that you could see her being um, in a lot of different kinds of roles, and she is super likable. Um, but also, she's she's not just the super sweet, like kind of saccharine Disney kid. She's got some bite in this movie, which I appreciate. 
Uh, and then her family is great too. Uh, Marley Matlin is her mom. And then um, is Tony it Kutzer. Troy? Troy Kotzer? Troy, Troy, Troy Kotzer, yeah. Troy Kotzer. Yeah. As her dad is kind of a standout this movie as well. So Very the good. biggest thing about the, yeah, the biggest thing about this movie is uh, it doesn't break a bunch of new ground. This is not experimental filmmaking. Um, in some ways, it, it's almost like the kind of movie you could see, like in the look of it, it could almost be like Lifetime or, or Disney. I mean, it's it's very straightforward filmmaking in its style and presentation, but it's, it's got great characters. It's totally unadorned. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's not trying to call attention to itself. It's not trying to be experimental in its like editing or its you know storytelling format or anything, but it's got characters and the characters are so great and so fully fleshed out. And so lovable that even though a lot of the beats are versions of beats that you've seen in movies before, it just works. I mean, you root for the characters, you love the characters, and you like all the characters. You like her family. And I was watching this, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what is this comparable to? Because you could think of there's a lot of movies where it's like, you know, uh, inspiring music teacher gets the kids or inspiring teacher gets the kids to like, you know, come out of their shell or some version of that. But I was thinking of it as I was watching it. And to me, this is more comparable to something like um, Breaking Away. Have you ever mm. seen the movie Breaking Away? I have not. Yeah. Breaking of uh, Dennis Christopher, I think. Because Breaking uh, the Way is all about a family that does love each other, but one member of the family, uh, and they're all kind of outcasts. They're not like the cool people in town. And then in Breaking Away, it's all about him having a kind of an obsession that's not necessarily the path he's expected to take. And that is therein lies the kind of the, you know, the tension of the movie and same thing here with her and singing. And I got to say, there's some moments later on um, where they play with the idea of hearing and not hearing. um, And it's meant to be emotional, but it's not saccharine. It it seems really honest and really earned. And I, I really love this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I was surprised how much I love the movie. Again, we have to also mention Eugenio Derbez plays the teacher, yes. the music teacher who is going, you know, what Bruce was saying. He's not a saccharine teacher. He's actually an irritable teacher. His time is very precious. Do not waste the time of Bernardo Villalobos. I believe that's his last name, played by Eugenio Derbez. And no, also, it's yes, sir, Bernardo. Bernardo. <laughs> yes. yes. And then also Miles. Miles plays the other person in her choir who is very talented as well. And he is played by Fredia Walsh-Pilo. You might recognize him as the lead actor from Sing Street. Okay. Yep. And yes, and Amelia Jones, I was really, she is, I think this is a star-making role for Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, a Rossi, Rossi. I was surprised to find out that she's British. Uh, or or she, mm-hmm. Yeah, she, that's amazing, right? She's, I believe she's British. She has yep. a British accent. So she's very, very good. Excellent movie. Eric Holmes, you must see Coda. Everyone's... Look, ninety-six percent tomato meter audience score, ninety-five percent. It will yeah, make but you. This is the same. Up. This is the up. same tomato meter that gave Blood Red Sky the score that it did. So I don't That's know that I can oh. really uh, <laughs> take that too seriously at this point. I don't. I, you know, I have a feeling it's an hour and fifty-one minutes. It doesn't feel like an hour and fifty-one minutes because it's really jam-packed with some really good stories. By the end, you might be. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a little bit dusty. That's a. You get. You get a little bit uh, teary-eyed there, Bruce. Or yeah, it's a little emotional towards the end. A couple scenes. I. I'm not going to say what the scenes are. I feel like a lot of people get dusty at the very end kind of a scene. I got a little dustier more towards a scene that's just between her and her dad. Oh, there's a yes. That scene. I thought that was beautiful. That is a beautiful, beautiful scene. 
Very, so. very good. Yes. Again, Coda is playing now on Apple TV Plus. If you have not seen this movie, you are not don't even be part of this human, human race. This is this is a movie you must see. My brother-in-law has seen it. He really loved it. My sister saw it. Everyone loves it. Eventually, my niece Claire, when she gets of legal age or legal tender, what is that? Legal tender, legal age. She's going to see Coda. Bruce, I mean, Bruce and I love it. And Eric Holmes, once he gets to see Coda, he's going to love it as well. I'm just going to say it right now. Okay, so that is our movie rewinds for this week. Now, you know what? I did a great job. I think I'm going to pat myself on the back. I think I, I thought I did a great job last week of, of you know, uh, introducing something. But I think as great as I was, I wasn't as good as Eric Holmes. So, Eric Holmes, what are we going to do? What do we do every week? Well, we usually, uh, I mean, Bruce usually uh, goes into the box. <laughs> but before that, our, our friend Pete does something. And I usually have to ask him before he does it because he's a little shy. He's a little shy and just didn't like to come out and do it. So, yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. What you guys got? Well, we, because I know Eric watched it as well, we have the suggestion um, from Mr. Oh, my God. Give me his name. You have, you have his whole name off the top of your tear tongue. <laughs> Juan, Juan, Diego, Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Thank you. He suggested the 1970 movie Valerie and her Week of Wonders, directed by uh, Jaramil Gines. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Czechoslovakian name. Excuse me. Nailed it. it. <laughs> Thank you. I know I did. That was perfect. And boy, this is a this is a movie. And this is no. When I watched this movie, and I'm sure Eric probably had a similar um, reaction. I was like, Oh yeah, this makes total sense that he would suggest this movie. This yeah. absolutely fits. It is. Oh boy, how do you describe this? When I was watching it, I kind of thought it was almost like uh, if you had a Giallo version of Alice in Wonderland, but made by Hammer with some surrealistic craziness going on. It's 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 something. Um, it's kind of a fairy tale in a way um, about this young girl, and she's living with her grandmother. Her parents are gone, and boy, uh, there's a there's a polecat which is a vampire. <laughs> I'm not going to make any sense when I tell the story. <laughs> the, uh, help me, help me here, Eric. You, how do you describe it, it, this movie? It's, it's kind of like, a, a, oddly enough, it's like a family drama. There's, um, there's a, I mean, you said it's a vampire movie, but it's kind of uh, the, the main girl is, her family history is being revealed to her as, as the movie goes on. I'm not sure what I could say to it's weird. Cause I don't want to say too much to uh, spoil it, but at the same time I could spoil everything and I don't think anyone would, you know, it, it's one of those type of movies, but it, yeah, it's, it's definitely like shallow. It, it looks kind of like a shallow and maybe it is. I mean, it kind of, it kind of is cause it, it has a mystery element to it and uh, it's, it's, it's got some weirdness to it. Um, this movie is dated for sure. Um, like, you know, probably could be updated a little bit maybe not you know because it, it, it's a it's a neat enough kind of movie um but uh, uh, what do, uh <laughs> I, 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 i'm trying to this is like trying to this is like trying to describe like fondo elise it's like you, you describe yeah. the things that happened in it and then as you're describing it, you're like i'm not making it 
like a sense right now. But, yeah, uh, this is really hard to describe. I mean, it's got a lot of like fantastical elements, I guess I'd say. And it's it's really beautiful in that kind of late seven, late sixties, early seventies kind of cinematography. Would you agree on that one? It's, yeah. it's it's very fantastical, but it also I think it's also made to be highly symbolic. I think there's a lot of really dark stuff that it's indicating. That doesn't necessarily, I mean, even though it has vampires and whatever you want to say in kind of a weird way. Yeah, but it, it goes a little beyond just like a yeah. vampire is going to kill you. Like there's a trigger warning. There's not necessarily incest, but it gets incest adjacent, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the, and there's a lot of stuff with the church yeah. and witches and witch trials. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff going on in this movie. Yeah, that that, that that ending was actually the okay so there's a there's a a little tiny detail, but uh, when a witch was being burned, we'll say a, a witch was lit on fire, and the hair, like like it, it looks like someone's standing, you know, uh, they they tie her up to a stake, and then there's fire in front like this. I, if you're watching the YouTube video, and here's a fire, and and we all know how that trick works. It's like, oh, they have the fire up front and the person's in the back. But they do a close-up of the girl and, and then the fire's in front, but you see her hair. And it's like, does that does that thing where you like take a lighter and burn the hair? It's like kind of knobby on the end of it. Like so, so there was uh that there were some really cool like details and uh really cool effects that they did in this that I'm actually kind of surprised. And in that particular effect, I'm like, I mean, did they just burn her hair? <laughs> I mean, that that's the only thing that makes sense but yeah th- th- this was this was a really th- it was a strange one this is not going to be for everyone but if you like giallos if you like vampires if you like uh, you know just watching like cool old effects movies uh this would probably be up your alley and what I, how long is it like yeah i was gonna six, say it's not very long it's 69 like 70 minutes, or, minutes something. or something yeah it's less pretty, than pretty an hour sure it's 69 minutes long <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not counting not counting credits Movie sixty nine minutes long, which is the perfect length of any movie. So worth a watch, Bruce. What do you think? I think so. I, I mean, if you're into, and we were talking about um, with his film with Luz, um, Flower of Evil, Jodorowsky's movies, and all those kind of movies. If you're into that kind of surrealistic magic realism, that really uh, trippier, more psychedelic style of kind of arty horror, definitely worth a watch. Oh, I, another fun thing about this is all the the vampires. So there's a couple of vampires in this, and um, I don't know if this was a mistake or uh, intentional, but they had like uh, when like whenever they show the vampire teeth, um, sometimes they had like traditional vampire things. Sometimes they had the Count Orlock like rat teeth. Sometimes like they had the just the teeth got like it. It almost seems like every time they showed a vampire, it was a different. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it genre of vampire, but that that was kind of fun to to watch as well. Yeah, I almost felt like we were getting a different version of folklore that maybe we're not even as familiar with. Yeah, because there's this whole idea of the vampire. You know how we think of vampires turning into bats. This vampire would turn into like basically like a weasel, and I was like, I don't know what that's all about. But yeah. I guess that's a thing. You <laughs> oh. know. <laughs> so. Oh, and then there's the uh, the grandma at the beginning. Yeah. And when I first started watching, because it's uh valerie in her week of wonders i was expecting something like wizard of oz or alice in wonderland um right. based on the title i was not expecting vampires to jump in which now that i'm saying that we probably shouldn't have even mentioned that but you kind of have to 
Um, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. So yeah. I don't think but uh, like the, the grandma comes in and she's got like the, the, the is this movie black and white. It feels like it's black and white, but I don't think it is. But no, anyway, color. so anyway, the grandma's got like really, really white makeup on. And at this point, I don't know that this is about vampires just yet. I was like, man, that makeup job sucks. <laughs> and then the movie goes on. And then I and then I finally figure out what time it is. I'm like, oh, the grandma's a vampire, clearly, because her face is just, you know, painted, you know. And and that, that was kind of a weird choice because the character I don't think knows yet. But I'm yeah. sitting here watching going, dude, it's so obvious. I mean, look at her. She looks dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I I would check it out. I, worst case scenario, you don't like it. It's 69 minutes long. Just <laughs> give it a shot. Okay, so that is Valerie and her week of wonders provided out as Bruce's What's in the Box pick and co-seen by Eric Holmes. Now, thank you, Juan Diego Escobar Alzate, for that pick. Now, Bruce, it's time to pick for next week What's in the Box. The box is getting kind of lean. It's getting kind of lean. Let's see what we got in here. Hmm. Getting out a slip of paper, opening it up. If you can email me at hamslime mm. at uh, gmail.com, you can oh. also send a uh, movie for me to tell Bruce to put in the box. Just throw yes. that out there. <laughs> yes, go email Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail.com or, or, and, or Bruce Porky at gmail.com as well for those recommendations. So yes. this is a former uh, interviewee from Eric and I, Sally Collette mm. from. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got so excited and knocked my glasses off. <laughs> so she had suggested, and I had never seen this movie, and when she suggested I was like, great, let's put that in the box. Eddie the Eagle. Oh, Eddie. I've never seen Eddie the Eagle. Have you seen it? I never have either, and I've always okay. wanted to see that movie. Eric Holmes, have you seen Eddie the Eagle? Nope. Okay, done. Anderson Cowan, our buddy over at Cinematics in the Film Vault and After Disaster, filmmaker from Groupers. Our, you almost called him Anderson Cohen. Cohen, <laughs> yeah. Anderson Cowan. Uh, Anderson Cowan, our buddy. He's a big fan of Eddie the Eagle. So I guess for next week, we, me and Eric, we're going to join Bruce for Eddie the Eagle. We're excited to see Eddie the Eagle. Thank you, Sally Collette, for that recommendation. Bruce's What's in the Box is getting empty again. Email Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. Eric's email is hamslime at gmail.com. Bruce Perky's is bruceperky at gmail.com. And before we go, Eric, you want, you want to say anything to our listeners, viewers, before we go? Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, again, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Juan Diego for joining us last week. That was very fun. And go check out Lucid Flower People. And uh, you know what? Go check out uh, Blood Red Sky. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know why half the people that watch it hate it, but they're wrong. And on my end, go. And see you'll Sweet. be right. Yeah. On my end, please go check. Give Sweet Girl from Netflix a shot, and then after you watch it, you can email me at editor at deepestream.com and in all caps, you can give me your response to my review of Sweet Girl if you want. And after, well. Again. and after you tell Greg how much you hate him for making you watch Sweet Girl, tell him a movie that you would like Bruce to put in the box as well. Very, very good, Eric. Very, very efficient. Very efficient on that measure. Also, after this recording, either we're going to do this now or maybe later. I don't know. I think we might do this now. I don't know. I'm thinking of it. Friedkin, we're going to actually do, we're going to do a William Friedkin Redux. It's going to be a very mini, mini pod where we're going to review just one amazing, amazing movie called The Hunted. And we're also going to review Jade. Okay. So Bruce, anything you want to say before we get out of here? 
I just want to say, as everyone else has already said on the show, my box is getting really empty and I really need you to give me some stuff for my box. So please, please fill my box up. We are a clean show, even though our rating is explicit. With that, folks, we'll see you next week here on Find Your Film. Very good. Bruce, DP, as always. Later. You rat bastard.